This show is sponsored in part by Fortinet and the FortiGate 40F Firewall, part of the Fortinet Security Fabric for Retail, providing retailers with confidence on their digital transformation journey via industry-leading network, security, and management solutions. Learn more on how Fortinet helps retailers secure their branch, data center, and multi-cloud environments. For more information, go to fortinet.com forward slash retail. That's fortinet.com forward slash retail. You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast, episode number 16, September 8th, 2020. Off-premise strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? drive through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu, cooking up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with the tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Well, a very happy Tuesday to all of you, and I hope you had a very enjoyable, safe, and relaxing Labor Day. It has been a pretty rough year this year, and you all deserve that extra day off. I am your host, Skip Kimple, and I am bringing you the best darn restaurant and hospitality podcast out there, and I am dishing it up on a weekly basis for you. Before we get into today's brand new series, I just wanted to remind you that on October 12th and 13th, the Restaurant Technology Network, along with Mertech, is presenting an exciting two days in an event called Restaurant Next. I will be speaking at one of the sessions, and alongside of me will be Matt Friedman, CEO of Wing Zone, and Chris Demery, Senior Vice President of Off-Premise Dining at P.F. Chang's. We're going to be talking about the rise of native delivery, first-party delivery, self-delivery, whatever you want to call it. That's what we'll be discussing that day. For more information, please visit events.ensembleiq.com forward slash restaurant next. Now, today kicks off our brand new five-part series on food safety. Wait a minute, Skip. Last week, you said this was a four-part series. Well, it was until we found out that I have Chef Robert Irvine, who's going to be joining the Tech Chef podcast to close out this series. Yes, that's right. Celebrity Chef Robert Irvine. Now, I don't want that, however, to sidetrack you from today's very important episode where I am excited to have Shandy Chernow, the CEO and founder of Certistar, on the show to talk about a food allergy technology that she has created to help keep your guests safe and even open up a new profit center for you. Shandy discovered in her late 20s that she had life-threatening allergies. She knew that the hospitality industry needed a solution, not only a software to make things easier on the restaurants, hotels, schools or airlines, but also on the customer with food allergies. Hence the creating of Certistar, which was founded in 2017, and it allows for guests dining out to have a safer and easier experience by the way of the Menustar software. Joining me today, we have Shandy Chernow from Certistar. Shandy, thank you so much for joining me today. You have an amazing product, an amazing background. Maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about your story and kind of why you started Certistar. 
Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Skip. I'm super excited to be here. I've been loving your podcast and it's just super exciting to be you know, a part of it, especially during the series on food safety. Um, so background-wise, relevant to Tech Chef, uh, my background in school was computer science and math. And then when I left school, I went and joined a couple of different technology companies, designing software, selling software, always within the data and business intelligence. You can pick a thousand other buzzwords, if you will, um, for that group of companies. Um, and I developed food allergies as an adult. So my first one was pork when I was 28. Uh, I know that people think that's crazy and that, you know, adults don't get food allergies and certainly, you know, pork isn't a thing. But let me tell you, it is. <laughs> um, and so, you know, after that, I got a couple of additional ones. Uh, I'm allergic to pork, peanuts, tree nuts, and shellfish. And I've been holding steady there for longer than I would care to age myself. Um, and at some point while I was selling software, you know, you end up taking people out to dinner, out to drinks, out to breakfast, out to lunch, traveling a lot. And every time I would go out, I would go to the restaurant early have the big, long, painful food allergy conversation before my customer or prospect got there, um, determine what it is that I could eat, and then basically, you know, kind of be in cahoots with the restaurant and tell them, okay, we didn't have this conversation. I'm just going to order like a normal person. Like we never talked. Uh, and I did all that. I put forth all that effort so that I wasn't derailing the conversation with my customer so that my allergies didn't make me the center of attention so that it didn't take up too much time or put too much of a burden or stigma, you know, on our business conversation. And at some point I thought, gosh, I am so tired of doing this. Um, and it is too much energy and too much effort and there has got to be a better way. And that was really the genesis of Certistar. They say, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, and I needed a solution. Uh, and so one had not materialized, and I came up with it. I have to agree completely with you on the creation of software and where it comes from. You know, I had a software and multimedia development company for years, and kind of my background is programming. And all of the software that I've had passion for that really came out as, as an awesome product came out of necessity because it was something that I needed that the market didn't have. So I created it, had the passion to, to put it together. And once again, that is truly what makes a successful product. And what I also love talking to you is we can sit around and have SQL discussions. You're one of the few people that I can actually sure. do that with because um, you're, you're data centric. You're completely data driven. And I love that about you. That's awesome. I got to ask you. So yeah, you, there's definitely a background in data there. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> So, you know, you talk about getting these food allergies at the, at, as an early adult, but, you know, first of all, how do you even know what you're allergic to? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's actually a hard one to answer. I would love for it to be easier. Um, there are 32 million Americans who are food allergic, uh, almost double that, who kind of, uh, you know, identify as food allergic or have other intolerances or, um, you know, something that they have to avoid. It's super challenging to figure out what it is that you're allergic to. Very easy to determine that you had a food allergic reaction. Anaphylaxis is no joke. Uh, but then trying to figure out what that is, there's not a good diagnostic test for food allergies. Um, the gold standard of food allergy testing is what they call the oral food challenge. And don't try this at home, boys and girls. Uh, but basically, your doctor feeds you the food that you think you're allergic to, and then we wait and see what happens. Um, do you have a reaction or not? But 
There's all sorts of other testing they can do, the skin prick tests and the blood tests, but the false negatives and false positives in those tests are super high. And so they're a good starting place to try to figure out your allergies, but really um, it's it's more trial and error and uh, a little bit more nebulous than anybody I think would like it to be. How common are food allergies? I think you even told me one time that food allergies are considered a disability. So obviously yeah. this is a seriously recognized issue that people have, but I, I have no concept of really how many people have this. Yeah, one in 10 in the U.S., slightly more than one in 10, um, are food allergic enough that the medical community agrees with them. Well, I got to think too that so if, if, if they're worried like you were comment. going out, uh, you know, that's got to affect people yeah. going outside their homes to even get food because they probably don't feel safe. A hundred percent. So before the pandemic, uh, 25% of food allergic people literally never ate outside of their home, uh, which if you think about that in terms of real numbers, that's 8 million-ish Americans never going out to eat in restaurants. And that's a material move in the restaurant industry if we were able to make those people feel both welcome and safe. I, I look at specifically the food allergy piece of it and also food safety in general. What are, hopefully you can generalize here a little bit other than just um, the allergy side, but what are some of the common issues you see with some of the other food safety procedures and processes going on out there? So, you know, there's a lot of things that we're seeing right now with the with regard to the pandemic, gloves and masks and um, you know, separate utensils and making sure that, you know, bags for takeout are sealed and all sorts of things, right? And those policies and procedures are things that have always been helpful helpful for food safety and food allergies. So I, I have a real sense of hope um, around the, the changes that the food industry has made. And there's plenty of places that have been doing kind of all of those things since the dawn of time, right? Um, and I don't mean to paint with a broad brush in a negative light. Uh, but I feel like those policies and procedures that have been implemented in places that didn't necessarily have them, those should live on going forward and that they're helpful both from a general food safety perspective as well as, you know, from a food allergy perspective. Um, you know, the, the common changing of gloves, I can't tell you how many times pre-pandemic, you know, you would go into a place and, um, you know, a, a staffer would have, you know, gloves on working in the cash register, picking up the food, you know, never changing the gloves. And it's like, that's really not helpful. Um, and you see that now there's a nurse who had a viral video about wearing the gloves and touching the cell phone and, you know, all the things like wearing the gloves doesn't help unless you change them um, in between touching things. Uh, and so hopefully those, those types of things continue, you know, post pandemic to keep everybody as safe as possible from a variety of food safety issues. Yeah, I think if there's any one good thing that came out of COVID is the food safety, the focus on food safety. And you're right. I don't in the past, I don't know how many times I've seen and watched cashiers with gloves on, you know, yeah. changing money, handling <laughs> food. Disgusting back then, but it wasn't. Uh, it was still scary, but it wasn't like life threatening scary back then. Now right. we're in a whole different mindset. In regards to you know what happens around you, and if you don't think if there's a restaurant out there that doesn't think that people are watching, you are very very wrong. I think being visible about That's your exactly safety right. procedures and your precautions is extremely important right now. Yeah, and so hopefully some of those things just kind of naturally get cleaned up through new habits that are forming and you know new awareness that uh, we all have with the pandemic going on. So Certistar, obviously you you created it out of need. Tell me, how does Certistar actually solve for this issue with food allergies? Yeah, sure. So 
uh, generally, a lot of restaurants feel like they take food allergies super seriously and that they're very good at it. Um, and I, I don't argue the point on taking it seriously. You know, I think that, that most restaurateurs do and have, you know, very pure hearts when it comes to, uh, you know, keeping food allergic people safe. I also think that there's a much better way to handle it um, than what the kind of gold standard is right now. Um, having one person, you know, be the point of contact. There's a couple of other things, you know, having an allergy station in the back, et cetera. If you don't read every single word on every single label, you're putting your food allergic person at, at, at risk. And the truth is that there's very few people who truly know every single ingredient and all of those ingredients inside those ingredients um, that go into a dish, right? Especially not in the middle of a busy service. It's almost an unfair question to ask someone's brain to come up with all those things, right? Think about like your pantry at home. If I said to you, okay, go pull out for me from the pantry everything that doesn't contain peanuts, tree nuts, any kind of shellfish product or any kind of pork product. It's a hard thing to do, right? It's a negative question um, with a lot of data behind it. And so what Certistar does is we put a computer behind that, right? We have a SQL query, you know, to steal from our verbiage earlier, um, that's super complicated that goes through literally every single ingredient label and takes the burden off of the staff or the chef or the manager or the owner uh, from figuring out what it is that's safe for that particular person. Right now, the average food allergy conversation, in the best scenario, takes somewhere between 8 and 12 minutes, and that's to figure out one thing that that person can eat, right? One suggestion. God forbid that not be the thing that that person actually wanted or was in the mood for. It contains something they don't like, right? Then they're the picky person and the food allergy person, and they feel really bad, and they end up ordering, you know, next to nothing or suffering through something that they wouldn't have wanted to order. Um, and so Certistar alleviates that burden, both from the thinking side and from the time side. So the, the queries generally take somewhere around 5 to 30 seconds, depending on the complexity of the menu. And now we've taken that 8 to 12 minutes, which affects table turn time, right, and customer satisfaction in general, and we've dropped that down to under a minute. That's pretty, you know, efficient. And we're providing an entire uh, set of options for the customer. Instead of having just one or two things they can have, now they can get something from every category and their ticket price goes up, their profitability goes up, their likelihood of returning, um, you know, becoming a loyal customer to your restaurant goes up. When you're describing about the conversation with, with the uh, server in regards to what's in their food, et cetera, if I had a food allergy that was that severe, I would be scared to death because I'm sitting here right now thinking about, yeah. you know, is that server guessing? Do they truly know? Does that 17-year-old that's standing on the other side of the table get why this is so important? And are, and are they just saying yes, sir, to me? Exactly. Um, that is, that is very frightening. That's exactly right. Well, and it should be frightening both from a food allergy perspective and from a restaurateur perspective. You're putting a lot of risk in that person who, again, their heart is pure, right? Their intentions are good. But they just don't have all of the knowledge, um, you know, or brain power to be able to process through every single little teeny weeny detail to figure out what's safe for that person. We take into account cross contamination and kitchen procedures and all sorts of stuff in the software that is nearly impossible for any brain to do on the fly. Processing more than 7 million jobs a month for customers in 44 countries, Cobalt Iron delivers modern enterprise grade data backup for growing businesses. 
with built-in cybersecurity and ransomware protection, Cobalt Iron's award-winning backup is your last line of defense for saving and protecting your precious data. For more information, visit skipkimple.com forward slash cobalt. That's skipkimple.com forward slash cobalt. So I'm trying to vision your product. So you're having a discussion with the server and they're they're uh, punching in menu items and they you know, the discussion happens with which food allergy and that's punched in too. So is the server doing all the work or is, does the guest have something in their hand? Um, does this depend upon a service style? Do you have different maybe products or methods of your product uh, for different service styles? Yeah, we don't care. Basically, we just want the person to be safe and the restaurant's time to be easier. So we provide um, the, the individualized menus and logistically you can implement them in a bajillion different ways a kiosk for more of a QSR type place or any place embedded into their website um, in a fancier, you know, more white glove type of place. Maybe the server will print out the individualized menu and the user never sees, I'm sorry, the customer never sees the technology. Um, you could bring tablet table side. You could ask the guests to go ahead on their phone. There's a bunch of different ways that you can enable the conversation and all of them are faster and more accurate than what happens today. So you you touched on a few things in regards to table turns and, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the efficiency piece. There's probably more to the ROI for a restaurant um, involved with your product. What else, what else can a restaurant be looking at your product and go, hey, I can save money here. Um, obviously, food safety in general is important, but what, what other options are for the, for the um, value proposition of this? Yeah. So first of all, risk mitigation, right? Nobody wants anybody to have a reaction and certainly nobody wants to be responsible for that, right? So, so having a data fact-based way to create the options for the guests mitigates risk on both sides, which is first and foremost, what our mission, you know, what we set out to do. Um, so then on the efficiency piece, you know, we're saving a lot of time, those table turns. If you think about, I mean, pick an average table turn time, like 43 minutes, right? Uh, if you're adding eight to 12 minutes to that, you're adding somewhere between 20 and 30% of the time uh, that you could be, you know, flipping that over. Or right now, if you're talking about um, takeout or, you know, taking the order by phone, you, you know, the, the restaurants don't have the capacity to have that amount of time being taken up with a single phone call for a single order. And it may end up in a conversation where they don't find anything that the person can have, right? So it's a lot of time for a non a non-order, if you will. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of making money, bringing revenue and profit up, we're creating a situation where the customer or the guest can order from multiple categories. So that big, long conversation is to find, you know, one or two things that that person could have. You have that same conversation again for appetizer and entree and side and dessert and cocktail, right? People don't think about cocktails from a food allergy perspective, but it's important. There's lots of ingredients, especially today and all these fancy, fancy cocktails that are delightful. They also have a lot of ingredients. Um, and so bringing that average ticket price up above what, you know, the rest of your averages makes those food allergy customers now more profitable. And since they don't have other places they can go and order that much, they get super excited about it and they become very loyal. You know, one of the other things that we had talked about um, in various conversations is that veto vote, right? So none of the friends and family want to take the food allergy customer someplace that the food allergy person doesn't feel safe. And so they get to veto any place that hasn't, you know, made them feel welcome and safe in the past. 
And so this is a way to ensure that the experience is regardless what server, regardless what host, regardless what manager that person's dealing with, their experience is normalized and consistent and fact-based. And so they always have a positive outcome and therefore are more likely to return and, you know, with their friends and family. So the way you just described it, um, you know, solving for the food allergy piece, uh, food safety really is not a cost. It almost becomes a profit center at that point. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've got this crazy ROI model and we keep making it more and more and more conservative because people have a hard time uh, with the idea that, you know, that the food allergy community could be spending so much more money than they're spending today. And it's because some past experience has informed their decision-making in restaurants, right? Some server somewhere made them feel not as welcome or not as safe as they could be. And, you know, now they're more reticent, you know, to spend that, um, to spend that money and, and to go out on a limb and order something more sophisticated, more complicated, more expensive. Now, from an online ordering perspective, do you have any solutions for mm-hmm. that? Um, can, is there some way to, I don't know, have the user actually interact with, with your online ordering system? Do you have integrations or anything like that? Right now, there's no integrations, but there's also nothing stopping it. To dive a little techie, if you will, we're, we're built entirely on our own API, right? So integrations wouldn't be an issue if somebody were clamoring for that. Um, right now, what people do from an online ordering perspective is, is walk them through the allergy check piece first, right? Hey, if you have a food allergy, look here before you order uh, on the website and then go into the online ordering system. Um, now, just a note, we haven't talked about this yet, but Anytime you're using Certistar, you still want food allergy people, you still want to tell the restaurant that you have the allergy so that they can, you know, walk through any food safety procedures in the back, changing gloves, all those things. Using Certistar doesn't, you know, substitute for those types of safety protocols. I'm curious because when I walk into a restaurant, or I used to walk into a restaurant, I Mm -hmm. should say, um, Unless it's a very special restaurant or it is a protocol, that restaurant, I, I'm never asked, do you have a food allergy? Does it happen? Yes. Very, very rarely. As you're getting your product out there, obviously you're going out and pitching the restaurants. What is their reaction mm-hmm. to your product? Because it almost seems like, I mean, it is taking it to the nth level, which is needed. But I have a feeling some of these restaurants maybe have a mindset of, oh, we don't do that. We can do it on our own. So I'm very curious to see or hear about how they react to your pitch? Yeah, so we get kind of three reactions. Um, One is, oh, we're really good at that. We don't need to implement anything further, Uh, which is kind of, in my opinion, the scariest, if you will, because they're not doing it in any kind of like hard data-based way. They're relying on someone's brain to figure it out. Um, I think that works in, you know, kind of more farm-to-table or, uh, you know, very small menus, um, that's a, that's a A-OK strategy. The second reaction that we get is, oh yeah, this is a problem. Thank goodness you're here with a solution. That's my favorite. And the third is, you know, we don't really see this problem when a food allergy person comes in, you know, we encourage them not to eat here, um, or something along those lines. And you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, food allergies counts as a disability and it is provided protection under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So, we want to make sure, you know, in the restaurant industry that we're, you know, providing comparable options, you know, that, that they would have if they didn't have a food allergy so the to peop- avoid that disability so the, issue. Yeah, the people that you're pitching it to, you know, they're, they may be sitting in a corporate office, 
but it really comes mm-hmm. down to the server level. I'm curious, you know, have you talked to the servers? How many food allergy requests do they actually get a day? Yeah, that's an interesting question because the number drops significantly the higher up the corporate ladder that you go. If you talk to a server, and I'm just going to pick kind of average sized restaurant here, right? Because otherwise numbers don't make sense. But if you talk to a server in kind of an average casual dining restaurant, they'll tell you somewhere on the order of, you know, five per service. If you talk to the manager or GM at that same restaurant, they'll tell you maybe five per service, but across all of our servers. Significant difference already, right? Go up a level to the RVP and you might get, oh, well, we only see like one a day per restaurant. And you end up at corporate and it's this isn't an issue for us. We see them very rarely. The frightening part about that, and I'm again, I'm painting with a broad brush, right? But the frightening part about that is the communication and risk piece. For some reason, the servers aren't asking for the help with the food allergy conversations. And therefore, we're putting that decision-making process at a, at a level that we don't necessarily want it at. It's too risky. You know, the knowledge doesn't necessarily exist at that level for, you know, truly accurate decision-making um, for those customers. And, uh, you know, it puts both the customers and the corporation in a risky place. And nobody wants to be there. Yeah. Hey, you've gotten tons of media coverage lately. I was... You know, I was going back through your website and just looking at all the interviews on TV and magazines, newspapers. I got to think that if a restaurant initiates something like this product, this is almost a, mm-hmm. a built-in news story for local media because yep. it, it, is, it is cutting edge, quite honestly. Yeah, no, the, the news loves, uh, loves talking about food allergies, right? It's kind of a, a feel-good story when you're talking about food allergies in a positive light, not in a negative outcome kind of way. And so we do, we get a ton of press and they're constantly asking us to um, involve new restaurant partners in those stories. So restaurateurs out there, it's almost, you know, promised PR (laughs) in whatever market because it's very easy for us to get press and we love covering those stories with, you know, new restaurant partners. And it's always positive, feel good press. How do you actually license your product? Is it uh, per restaurant, per device? How do you work that into the pricing structure? Yeah, having sold software for a really long time, I wanted to make this as simple as possible. Um, There were times I felt like I got to keep my job just by virtue of being able to explain the licensing situation. And I wanted to, you know, avoid that. So uh, what we do is it's subscription-based by location. There's no other metrics or things to count, unlimited devices, unlimited users, just per location is all we ask. Um, And then, you know, we're we're willing to obviously help with the entering of the data and all that stuff. And we just charge a pretty nominal consulting rate um, for that work. You've got a whole bunch of restaurateurs out there listening to this. Let's say they're about to call you, right? But in the meantime, they're all of a sudden having panic attacks because they're thinking about guests in their <laughs> dining room right now that you know could have severe reactions, puts them at risk and puts the yeah. put the guest at risk too. What would you recommend that they do today to help mitigate some of that? Uh, first and foremost, encourage communication. So if you're not asking your guests if they have food allergies, start. One of the things that we see in food allergy people is they feel nervous about mentioning their food allergy. They feel stigmatized or they feel like a burden. Um, And so making them feel more welcome oftentimes draws out that information and gives you the opportunity to keep them safe and therefore yourself. So number one, I would say that. 
Um, number two, I would say, you know, take a look at the separation of cooking equipment. So if you have, I'll just come, you know, make an example that extrapolate this to whatever the situation in your own restaurant is. But if you have two fryers, is there a possibility of not throwing anything in both, but rather saying, okay, we're only going to do fries in this one and then everything else goes in the other or whatever separation makes sense. If there's something that you can do to um, minimize cross-contamination, all the steaks go on the right side of the grill, all the shellfish goes on the left. Um, whatever the case may be, you create a situation where you can have safe options that are, um, you know, easily identifiable. Now, not every restaurant is going to be able to do things like that, but it's helpful. Um, also, on any kind of salad station, whether it's not that anybody has salad bars out front right now, but salad stations in the back, make sure you've got separate utensils for every ingredient. And if you can, have them in the long... Um, the word for those big silver dishes is, is escaping me. Uh, you know, the long ones instead of ones behind each other so that you're not dropping, you know, the tomatoes and the cheese by accident or something like that. So anything that you can do to separate ingredients just kind of naturally starts to mitigate cross-contamination, which tends to be the biggest, uh, you know, issue in terms of having a reaction is that there was accidentally a, you know, piece of cheese in the salad or a tomato in the sauce or whatever. Um, because somebody happened to have dropped it. So those would be kind of the three top changes, or at least things to be able to look at and analyze that there might be a change available that I would suggest. Great advice, and thank you for sharing that with us. If people want to learn more about Certistar and look at the possibilities of putting your product in their restaurants to make people safe, how do they do that? So you can call us at 833-EAT-SAFE. Visit us on our website at certistar.com, C-E-R-T-I-S-T-A-R.com, or any of the social media handles at Certistar. Shandy, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been very educational. I think it's going to open some eyes out there to operators in regards to they need to step up their game a little bit when it comes down to food allergies. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you for producing this product, and thank you for keeping people safe out there. Oh, thanks for having us on and helping to raise awareness to the food allergy issue and restaurateurs. We are absolutely you know, excited to work with you and can't wait to bring you into the Star family. So thank you for listening. All month long, we have very important, informative and tech inspired food safety solutions. This was a great way to kick it off. Remember, September's contest is well underway, and our sponsor, Fortinet, is giving away to one of our Tech Chef listeners a Fortigate 40F firewall plus one-year enterprise protection bundle valued at $1,200. It is simple to enter. All you need to do is go to skipkimple.com forward slash contest and enter there. Every single day, you're going to have a chance to gain new entries, So make sure you visit and you visit often this month. We will be giving this away to a lucky winner and announcing it after our September 29th episode. Next week is part two of this food safety mini series. And I will have Christine Schindler, the CEO and co-founder of PathSpot, which was awarded one of Time Magazine's top 100 inventions of 2019 is also used by restaurants, packaging facilities, and farms to encourage sanitation practices, protect our food supply, and create a healthier world. 
fun stuff. But unfortunately, that is my time for today with you. And until next Tuesday, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends. <laughs>